The text for our meditation this morning is written for us in Luke chapter 9, verses 28 through 36. We read in Jesus' name. About eight days after he said these words, Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. While he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothing became dazzling white. Just then two men, Moses and Elijah, were talking with him. They appeared in glory and were talking about his departure, which he was going to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and those with him were weighed down with sleep, but when they were completely awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let's make three tents, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He did not realize what he was saying. While he was saying these things, a cloud came and overshadowed them. They were afraid as they went into the cloud. Then a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. After the voice had spoken, they found Jesus alone. They kept this secret and told no one in those days any of the things they had seen. So for our text, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to hear and meditate upon your word. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through it. Pour out your spirit upon us and sanctify us through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. In Christ Jesus, dear fellow redeemed, God's grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father through our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. One of my high school friend's brothers was very good at weightlifting, and let's just call him Steve. So Steve was so good at weightlifting that in high school, he was recruited by a prestigious sports institute in Australia to train potentially for the Olympics as a weightlifter. As he learned more about the program that he would be entering into, they told him that he would have to drop out of competition for three years. In the first two, two years, he would go through an intensive steroid and performance enhancing drug regime. And then after the two years, he would then detox and cleanse all those things out and then enter competition. See, the trainers knew that there's such a thing as muscle memory. The strength that a person gains while they're on steroids can later almost be gained without the use of steroids. And so that, that muscle, in a sense, would look back to the strength it had under the steroids and reach back to that, that strength. My friend's brother, Steve, 
rejected the program, maybe you can guess why. It was an unfair advantage. That idea of looking back, though, to a, a place of strength is what is actually held before us this morning. On the holy mountain, Jesus was transfigured before his disciples. It was such a strong experience that even in his fear, Peter recognized it's good for us to be here. Being in the presence of God brought him such comfort that he wanted to remain there. Jesus' transfiguration gives strength. It gave strength to Jesus and his disciples. It gives strength to you. There's a lot of Old Testament connections in this transfiguration event. When Moses and Elijah, Old Testament prophets, appeared with Jesus, we're told that they began to talk about his departure, his exodus that would reach fulfillment in Jerusalem. Here you have Moses, the very prophet that led God's people from the land of slavery through the wilderness to the promised land was speaking to Jesus about his journey, his exodus from the land of slavery through the wilderness to the promised land. And then you have the cloud that appeared on the mountain. We're told that as God led the people through the wilderness to the promised land, by day he led them as a cloud and by night he led them as a pillar of fire. So here we have Jesus about to exodus, to journey to the cross and then back to heaven. Why did Moses and Elijah need to speak to Jesus? We need to remember that even though that Jesus even though Jesus is glorified here that he was in a state of humiliation and we define his humiliation as the period of time in which he did not make full use of his divine powers Jesus here may have been feeling weak he knew what it would take to walk through the wilderness of the cross. What he would have to carry and what he would have to suffer to get to heaven. It's very possible that he was feeling his weakness. Feeling his human nature with all of its limitations. And so Moses and Elijah appeared with him to encourage him and, and help him bear this tremendous burden. Maybe they reminded him of why he had to go through that wilderness. 
that it was to rescue the whole world from sin. That it wasn't just about him, that it was about everyone and their salvation. Maybe they even reminded Jesus of the very promises he had made as the word of God to be the savior of all mankind. But whatever their words were, Jesus was resolved to walk through the wilderness and to get to the cross. In verse 51 of this ninth chapter of Luke, we're told exactly that, that he was determined to get to Jerusalem. He was determined to get to the cross so that he could pay for the world's sins. So Jesus was strengthened through this transfiguration event. So were the disciples. Peter would later write in his, um, in his epistle, general epistle, actually the second one. This is what he said. To be sure, we were not following cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the powerful appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came from heaven from, the majestic, from within the majestic glory saying, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. We heard this voice which came out of heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Even though Peter, James, and John didn't tell the disciples when they first came, or tell other people, I should say, when they came down the mountain, Peter records here that he remembered this event and that it was proof to him that they weren't following fables. Some look to this transfiguration event and they want to try and explain it away. They want Jesus just to be man. And so they'll, they'll make up stories like this that, well, it wasn't really Jesus glowing. But actually, it was early in the morning and just as the sun was coming up, it was behind Jesus and so... The disciples thought they saw a bright light, but it was really just the sun. Well, have you ever seen something right in front of the sun? It doesn't look bright. It looks dark. That image appears to our eyes as something black. Because the sun is making our, our pupils really narrow, keeping out the light. And so that, that thing that's less bright in the sun, it actually appears black. But when you read the accounts of Matthew and Mark about this transfiguration, it's Jesus himself that is glowing. His face becomes like the sun, his clothing dazzling white. Peter knew what he saw. James and John knew what they saw. So that Peter would later say, 
we weren't following fables. We saw him on the holy mountain. That experience gave Peter, James, and John confidence about who Jesus is. That he's not just a man. He's the Son of God. Now, why might have Peter, James, and John needed this experience? We know that James, we often call him James the Lesser, was probably the first of the apostles martyred in Jerusalem. Peter himself would be, tradition says, crucified upside down for the faith. John would be exiled on Patmos because of his preaching of the word of God. In the midst of their suffering and persecution, I wonder if this event gave them extra confidence. I wonder if while Peter, if he was, hanging upside down on his cross, was remembering this event and how he felt on that holy mountain with Jesus, thinking, Lord, it's going to be good soon. Because once again, I'm going to be in your glorious presence. Just a little while longer, Lord. I know it's hurting now. But I'm soon going to be with you. Peter, James, and John receive strength from seeing these things because they became convinced of who Jesus is so that they could persevere. Jesus' transfiguration continues to give strength. Strength to you and, and to me. Because we're on a journey too, an exodus. We're traveling from the land of slavery through the wilderness to the promised land. The land of slavery is this world of sin. Where we fight and struggle against it and, and fail day after day, often with the same petty sins. We can feel helpless and, and powerless with our oppressor. We can feel like we're failing. That we'll never ever make it. But Jesus is with us. And he's not just a man. He's the son of God. And he lived a perfect life to shatter those shackles of slavery to sin, to set us free, to give us the righteousness that God desires and we so desperately need. And we're also traveling through this wilderness, this dry place of hardship with its scorpions and snakes, and it's blazing heat. If 
you were to look just back a few verses before our text, Jesus said that if anyone would come after him, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow him. That cross is your journey through the wilderness. Sometimes God asks us to do difficult things. I don't know the the crosses, the hardships that you specifically have in your life. I know some of yours. But we can make generalizations about what God asks us to do. Sometimes God asks us to stick it out in a tough marriage. Our spouse may not be behaving the way we would like them to, or even the way God wants them to. But he calls us to be faithful, to do the right thing, and to follow him even through the difficulties that that may bring. Sometimes God asks us to push through a disease or illness. It's not easy. We don't always understand what God is trying to work through it. But he promises, I'm with you. I'll get you through it. I'll get you to the promised land. Maybe you're struggling with mental illness feeling down or depressed about yourself or the way that life has turned out. I can't promise that God's going to wave a magic wand right now and make your life all better. But I can promise that Jesus is with you. And he will lead you through the valley of darkness until you're finally with him in the glory of his heaven. Jesus never ever says the life that he is leading you through is going to be easy. He just promises that he is with you and he promises where the journey is going to end. That it will be with him in heaven forever. Not because you did a perfect job of carrying your cross. Not because you always had the right attitude in your heart as you went through difficulties. But because Jesus always did those things. He always loved God, trusted God. Even while he hung on the cross, he did everything God desired, including Offering the payment necessary for your sin. Through Jesus' exodus, God has opened up the doors of heaven for you. Jesus has made satisfactory payment for all of your sins. So that God now loves you. And you can be confident that he will work all things for your good. One day you're going to have the same experience that Peter, James, and John did. And when you get to heaven, 
You're going to shout like Peter did. Lord, Master, it is good for us to be here. And you're going to spend that, uh, you're going to spend not just a moment, but eternity with Jesus. Never again will anything separate you from him. Not your sins, not death, not trial or trouble. And he will wipe every tear from your eyes. So look to this event on the holy mountain. See that Jesus has revealed his glory so that you can follow him. So that you can be confident that he is your Lord and your Savior. Follow him. And receive the strength that his transfiguration gives. Until you make it to the promised land. To you're with him forever in heaven. May God grant you his Holy Spirit and keep you firmly on the path that leads to heaven. To God be the glory, now and forever. Amen. Please stand for the blessing. And now may the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Amen.